Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Today's a day. Monday, November 22nd, 2021. I'm Carter in a very cunning hat. And I'm joined, as usual, by Carrie Smith. Hey, Carrie. Uh, I think you're muted. Or I'm just older than I thought, and I already yeah. have gone deaf. Okay, there we go. Hello, Carter. Um, howdy. I know you're, it always looks like you're in an undisclosed location now, but you're not. You're in your, your, uh, yeah, this house is my regular house that I am in the middle of where I'm between houses. This used to be my podcast room. It's very echoey. Now there's some bullshit art up here. I really hate, I hate everything about the being in between places <laughs> and <laughs> The somehow the lighting changed when I moved all my books out of here. The sound changed, and just kind of feel like a little not as anchored as I usually do. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm feeling okay. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm anchored. Here I am anchored. Uh, I don't know if people realize we do have a one hat show uh, per show rule, so that's why Carrie. People are complaining that you don't have a hat and chat. They don't uh, understand that we're only allowed to have one, and usually Kate yes, gets it. Um, it's a limit. Yeah, no, I'm 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 okay. Uh, chugging along, doing my thing. At least my house is at, in the same state of disarray that it normally is. Not a different state yeah. of disarray. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, I just—it's a very Thanksgiving-colored hat, first of all, and mm. uh, I just wanted to share something funny with you guys. Chrissy Mayer tweeted. What pie should I make for Thanksgiving? What what would your answer be? Is it does it have to be a joke or like No, I what, would I, I I make pumpkin pie usually because it's raw. it's like the it's the only time <laughs> I'm gonna eat pumpkin pie. No. Yeah. Sweet potato is the answer I'm looking for. No, sweet potato. That's not the right answer. <laughs> yes. And is this a Southern thing? I, I actually, uh, one of the comedians I worked with, we did an episode, uh, like a Thanksgiving episode of this TV show he had, where he was trying to say sweet potato pie is a, a black person thing and pumpkin pie is a white person thing. But I was like, no, I think sweet potato pie is just a Southern thing. Isn't it? It must be. I mean, I grew up on the East Coast in the North, and I've never heard of sweet potato pie until you just mentioned it. It's the best pie. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I said it's not a thing potato. in New York. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, I said sweet potato as you do, and then Josh Slocum replied and said unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Josh. <laughs> yeah, anyway, because Josh not. also Josh is actually. He's like podcasting, I don't know, an hour or two from where I grew up. Like he's in that area. So they don't, sweet potato pie is not oh a thing. Oh my goodness. If you guys ever come, yeah. come here to visit, even if it's not Thanksgiving, I'll make you a sweet potato pie. I'll change your mind. I mean, I, I would try it. I just, it's, you know. Yeah, we'll have a taste off. All right. You know what also is really good is I have a friend from uh, Columbia who, I don't, it's not, this is not a Colombian thing, but he bought a, I guess he was trying to like, figure out how to Americanize. So he and his wife bought a, a pie book, like a book of American pies. And there's really, really good chocolate pie that I'll make sometimes on Thanksgiving, even though it's not the pumpkin pie, because it's it's just, the thing is, it's so heavy. And uh, 
I mean, it's, just Thanksgiving Day generally, it's like you eat and you feel like you're you've just you just you know, eat so many. You're gonna sink to the bottom of the ocean, and yeah. I have. So. I actually I don't discriminate against any pies. Uh, Fair I enough. Have, okay. I just happen to think sweet potato is probably the best Thanksgiving one. There's this place. Yeah. Have you uh, have you ever been out to visit the Grand Canyon? And I think which one is it? Is it Zion National Park? I've have never actually to gone one? to Grand Canyon. No. Mm-mm. Really? Oh well. Mm. I've been here for 20 years and I never went to the Grand Canyon. No. Oh well. Okay, well, there's there's one, I think it might be near Zion, actually, where there's mm-hmm. a restaurant called the Thunderbird Restaurant, and right next to it, they have a huge sign that says, Home of the Homemade Pies, and it's H-O-Made, Homemade, and they have a huge <laughs> woman on it, <laughs> and it's been there since, like, the 40s or something, that sign, uh-huh. and they're not taking it down now, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And Racy it, pies. And, yeah, because there's a lady on it giving you a pie, like, all sexy, like. <laughs> uh, but they have any kind of pie you can think of every day. You go in there and there's like a selection huh? of 20 different pies. And uh, I would definitely recommend, if you do go on a, a trip to one of these national parks, I think that one's near Zion. But I Yeah, I don't know why. I never just have, I mean, I, I do a lot of stuff out in the wilderness and going places, but I just never... I don't know. I feel like I feel like the thing with California. I don't know if this is just California because I've been here for so long. Maybe I'm not. This is just everywhere now, and it's just a time change. But uh, when I was growing up, if you wanted to go camping or hiking, like you could easily go someplace and not have a lot of other people around. And I always feel like any kind of place like that in California is littered with other people, and it's like I don't. Yeah. I don't really want to yeah. be there. There's too many of you. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm saying. Being a, curmudgeon i don't know people in the chat hello people in the chat we're i don't know if you've noticed but we're just hanging out and having a thanksgiving special today <laughs> sort yeah, of we, we we haven't even done the like uh overhead stuff at the beginning yeah. of the show yet but uh but yeah we that's why i'm wearing this hat by the way uh because one of the things i'm grateful for is uh is susan crabtree who made me this awesome jane oh, hat Sue. and she's representative of the entire knitting community for me so sorry, Sandy Kins and Tex Terra and everyone else, but Sue is the she's my representative of of the knitting community. Um, but yeah, should we do? Let's let's do some. Hey, you're watching Kofefi Break. It's every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, commie time, and um, you can watch this at unsafedates.com, which is where we're always streaming from there. And we're also on YouTube and Utreon and Odyssey. And you can follow us on Twitter at underscore unsafe space. And what? You're supposed to hit that subscribe button. Susan doesn't like it very much, but you do have to get your subscribe booster in. And what else? I think that's all the main. We have book club. So we did book club yesterday. Oh, For yeah. anybody who didn't join us, you can still watch that video. We discussed The Handmaid's Tale. Which I really enjoyed the conversation. I thought we had great diversity of opinions and uh, just a lot of thoughtful comments. So I think everybody who joined, thank you very much for being there. And we are getting ready for next month. We're going back to nonfiction, and we're going to be reading Thomas Sowell's Black Rednecks and White Liberals, which I can't find because my husband took it and already started reading it, and then. <laughs> 
And then he was joking. He left it out at the other house. We call it the haunted house. And it, he thinks there's a feminist ghost there. So he left it out to see if she would. Uh, to keep ward her off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's where it's at. <laughs> that's an excellent idea. You can put, a, put yeah. a bunch of turf literature out. Or is it maybe it's a turfy ghost? Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> men's rights. You get some MRI. Can you get MRA subscriptions to like men's rights groups and just place them around the house yeah. strategically? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we don't know the next book after that, but, uh, but yeah, that's the, okay. What else? Should, what, I don't know what we should, should we do some news first or should we get into thankfulness things? I know that we have to touch on some news things today. Um, well, uh, I mean, what everyone, I, I, I saw everyone is obviously talking about this, this, the devastating news in Wisconsin with this person who mowed through a Christmas parade, killing mm -hmm. several people and injuring a lot more. Last I heard, it was like 30 people in the hospital. And um, my thoughts on it are scattered. My, my, my initial thoughts on it were just looking at how this, this, the media has destroyed it's, it's amplified everything awful about humanity and brought it out and amplified it and destroyed any kind of civility between people, any kind of common human response that you would expect, like humanity and people. And so that was my initial response, because, of course, I saw tweets that were trending of people on the left who were immediately jumping on this and saying uh, people who are upset with the Rittenhouse verdict of self-defense and who are like, one guy said something like, Hey, don't worry about what happened at the parade. It's okay. It's okay to kill people now. Um, you know, it, it was probably in self-defense, something to that effect, like using this awful thing that happened. And these people who, some of whom are kids. Oh, I think the five so, deaths were kids. I'm pretty yeah, sure. And just so callously. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 this is definitely one of those cases where the left shows their true colors. Um, I've, I did see someone say, "Why not a Trump rally?" Like, I saw somebody uh, say, "I hope that all the ones who died were unvaccinated." Yeah, I mean it's that kind of stuff. I don't want to. So my inclination with stuff like this is not generally to jump to conclusions like this is because of the Rittenhouse verdict and its reaction or whatever like that. However, just if I just step back for a minute and go, "Well, what are the odds that?" <laughs> There's another thing going yeah. on in Wisconsin immediately after. It's possible. Uh, right. And the, the media is setting this up like he's been, he, they, they've said, well, maybe it wasn't an accident. He's fleeing from a knife fight, which is like the it most stupid matter. thing you could mad, you can imagine. Like you could watch the videos. You can see the videos of this SUV, like plow past police barriers, yeah. past empty streets, by the way. Uh, if you're fleeing from a knife fight in a SUV, which is a little bit insane, um, and 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 into the crowd, and this guy was released on bail on Friday and had previously been charged with running a woman over with his car and doing other stuff. Like this is a known piece of shit uh, yeah. who shouldn't have been on the streets in the first place. So, well, I, my, I, I don't know that this is a response, but my I wouldn't be surprised if this turns out to be like some guy angry about you know, his child molester friend got killed or something. And, and yeah, the, the district attorney 
there, Cernovich has been tweeting about this, John Chisholm. So he was on Twitter talking about how a couple years ago, talking about how they were going to reform the justice system there because of inequity and is along the same lines of the, the stuff we've heard about defunding the police and some of the stuff that was happening in LA. And so they reformed it so that people, so he could get out on bail. That's why, he, and he had already jumped bail once before and they still granted him a thousand dollar bail this time. And yeah. so I've seen people like Cernovitz trying to call attention to what potential policy errors also led to this. And that is potentially one. He's he's really given it to John Chisholm, the district attorney um, on Twitter right now. But the other one is that kind of what you were saying, we don't know for sure what this person's motivations were, but if it turns out that it was some kind of spite revenge thing where, you know, a racist revenge thing of let me go to this place that's white, like 95% white and run over all these people in the parade. Like that, in my mind, the media has so much to do with that. They've poisoned people. They gave people a false narrative. They told people Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. That is so careless and dangerous. They told people he shot black people. They told people, yeah, so many lies. You filled, pumped the public full of lies Mm -hmm. and hatred and tried to stoke something. And if that's what this turns out to be, some kind of racially motivated thing, they're to blame. They were tweeting after the verdict, all kinds of people. Corey Bush, Congresswoman, tweeting about how it was white supremacy. What's the, the sneakers guy, the crybaby knee taker? What's his name? Uh, has a Netflix special right Colin now. Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick tweeting about how yeah. it's white supremacy. Like that is a dangerous lie. We, I, I know we've talked about it on this show before, but um, one of my friends I thought made a, a really thoughtful post about all of the all of the immoralities involved in calling someone a white supremacist when they're not. And there's several different immoralities you're committing, several different wrongs, moral wrongs that you're committing when you do that. One of those is simply you're lying. That's a moral wrong. Another is that you are lessening the meaning of that word and you are insulting people who are actually the victim of white supremacy. You're By the so- way, I'll point out that's true whenever you misuse words. Yes. You're 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 it's a sin against reality in the in the sense of like you're yes. you're destroying the validity of the way those words should be used and if those words are anywhere around things like victims or whatever, that's those are the people you're hurting. Right. So you're 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 lying. You're hurting the people who are actual victims of white supremacy because you're committing, as Carter says, like a sin against reality by using that word incorrectly. You're you're lessening what it means. You're also a third moral wrong. You're inviting harm upon the person that you're falsely using that word against because we all mutually agree. You know, it's it's like we all mutually agree that some things are unacceptable, morally unacceptable. One of those being white supremacy. One of those being Nazism. So so after the election, when Trump won after 2016, when they started calling 63 million Trump voters Nazis, you're inviting harm upon those people. You're also committing the other moral wrongs. You're lying and you're lessening the, you know, what that actually means. You're insulting people right. who were actually now no one knows. Fascism. Now when someone right. says that person is a fascist, no one believes them because. It's no, so it's wrong. like crying wolf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she had a list. I think there were five in total of like. And I read, we read through it at the time. I remember 
with you, Carter. And it was like, yeah, these, these are all awful things you're doing. And that's what the media did. They, the media, Congress people, they throw that word white supremacy around so flippantly. They've done so much to, to render that word meaningless. You have to ask why they're doing that. Why is that happening? What do they yeah, want I mean, to see as a result? I think they, I think they don't mind stuff like this. I think they want. What do you mean? Don't mind. War. This is what yeah. they want. They love it. Oh yeah, no. They're. I mean, I haven't said this in a long time, but I remember saying this, and I remember at the time, not a lot of. I don't think a lot of people agreed with me, but I think over time people started to agree with me. If you step back. We can have as deep philosophic analysis as we want into this, you know, they were influenced by these postmodernists and this critical theorist and blah, blah, blah. And this is how they got where they got. If you just step high level, you step back and you look at like what unites the left. It's hatred of everything America stands for and anything that might represent like American yeah. value. Like, they hate the West. We hate Western civilization and anything that might stand for Western civilization. They are not the uniting. Um, the uniting idea behind different factions of the left, whether it be radical trans or BLM or whatever, the uniting factor is not what they're for. It's what they're against. It's what they want to tear down. This is an, at its core. This the left is not about building anything. Yeah. They are at at their core. They are about destruction. They're about destruction of what we have. It is a it's an envy and hatred based ideology, and it's about destruction. They don't. When you look at even the Rittenhouse verdict, they're not pissed off that he got away with it. They're pissed off that they can't also get away with it, or yeah. they're pissed off that he stopped people from destroying things. Like they have this. And and I and by the way, I think this is the one thing you're going to start seeing. Um, many people have been giving them a moral sanction on their behavior. Yeah. Right. They're running around, burning shit, beating people up, doing whatever, and a lot of normies are giving moral sanction to it by either remaining quiet or even tacitly or openly saying, "Well, there's a lot of." anger about this and I understand well, like they're giving moral sanction to this crap. Yes. And what's going on right now is people are withdrawing that moral sanction. The Rittenhouse reaction, not even only to the verdict, but the people's reaction to Rittenhouse is this withdrawing of the moral sanction. Like, you know what? Actually, you can't start fires and, and attack people in our fucking community. You can't do that. And we're going to stand up to you when you do that. And that's what terrifies the left because they actually can't win without the sanction of the victim. They need, because they don't build anything. They don't produce anything. What they do fundamentally is tear shit down. I mean, look at most of the leftists at companies even. Yeah. The core leftists are the bloated DEI departments and yes. the people doing bullshit. It's not like, yeah, the maybe some of the coders destroying. are people doing, yeah, maybe some of them buy into it a little bit, but like the active destroying agents are absolutely useless in reality. Yeah. They need, they're, they're parasites that need to, to latch on to everyone else's productivity and their moral sanction to continue. And when you start to withdraw that moral sanction and you're like, you know what? You Actually, I'm this. not gonna give you cover anymore morally. They freak the fuck out because their life's, they're, they're over, their cause is over the moment that normies stop sanctioning this behavior. It, we need to start treating them like, sociopaths 
that we they need are. to start because they the ideology is sociopathic and i understand that some people in my opinion it has some people in its grips and they may not actually themselves have a personality disorder but they behave as if they do they're in it they behave as if they do that behavior is rewarded and the and if you look at the belief system as a whole it's it's disordered it is psychopathic it is about destruction it is about manipulation it is about control it is about hurting people and saying they're helping it is about tyranny in the name of so-called public good for your own good we're doing this i got i got really a bit demoralized looking at um in my community you know i you know carter they've been trying to there's a um, in my cute little town square there's a confederate veteran statue now it's not a particular person it's a statue in remembrance of the people who died in the, in, you know, in that war. It's just a general statue in remembrance. Of people them. died in a war. People died. Many of yes. whom were part of that, had to go against their will and serve. You know, you can't right. even differentiate between some of them. It, get drafted. it wasn't their choice. Yeah. They were drafted. So they are so full of hatred and animosity animosity and a desire to like in Mao's cultural revolution to destroy everything from the past and to destroy um, history and to start anew and to also tell a, a, a messed up version of like their reinterpretation of what history is. They want us to believe that this is a white supremacist country. They want us to be racially divided forever. They want us to be divided politically forever. And one of the ways they do this is they go and they try to take down any symbolism, any symbols, anything from the past. They're trying to remove that statue in our little town. And I happened to go on one of the Facebook groups of the people who are trying to remove it. And they're celebrating because they haven't been able to move this one yet. But I think they probably will be eventually. They were celebrating because they just got one taken down in Lockhart, which is another little town not far from here. And they're celebrating having it removed. And it's so disgusting to me. It's just about a desecration of history. These are destroyers. These are, are um, we talk about them being joy eaters. It's like, Yes, I love that phrase. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. And I've, I'm beyond, at this point, I don't even, I don't know how useful it's going to be to, um, to simply try and play defense and push back against them destroying history and destroying the four olds, right? If you want to compare it to Mao's cultural revolution, I think maybe we need to go on the offense. So now I'm starting to think maybe we should start trying to put up new statues to the Confederacy. <laughs> like I just want to go and be like, let's take the ball. The other they're they're expecting us to just play defense. What if they had to play defense? Okay. I want to erect a new statue to the Confederate soldiers in this town where there's never been one before. You know what I mean? Like just go, Take the ball past him. <laughs> I'm I'm all for playing offense. I'm not sure I would choose that particular method, but yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't I, even I, care about, but I care about them destroying history. Right. Um, someone says a statue of Kyle. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, some people are like, yes, a thousand times, yes. Carry on point. Why don't we yeah. do that? Make them play. Keep them busy fighting new statues. Yeah, the so issue is, <laughs> yeah, look, the issue is um, you are all subsidizing them with your tax dollars and any money that you pay tuition and money that you pay to organizations that fund this stuff. So 
they don't have jobs except for to do this. Um, so this is why there was a PGA workbook. I don't remember which one it was, but there was an intro uh, in one of the intros to the books. He he, or maybe it was first chapter or something. He was having a conversation with someone, and and that person was like, "Why is it that when anything upsets the left, they have like these, you know, beautifully made." printed signs and like everything's organized and they show yeah. up and then when anything up upsets the right it's like a guy with some cardboard and a sharpie <laughs> and his friend was like because we have jobs yeah. and like it's a joke but kind of true like there are when you pay we you saw this uh actually early in the trump administration when there was the protests in san francisco especially at san francisco airport airport uh against some of trump's supposedly anti-immigration travel policies or anti-islam traffic travel policies remember he had some rules about some countries or whatever like they were they blew it out of proportion i don't even remember what it was but they you know clutched their pearls and couch fainted on the couch and uh whatever then you needed they needed smelling salts to wake them up but a lot of these people at the airport protesting yeah were literally paid by google they were people who were in these um i'll call it the parasitic parts of a company, the parts that are like the overhead, the bloated areas, like the HR department and stuff that like doesn't actually produce real value. Usually there's a little bit, I mean, you do need some HR to produce, like even in the free market, you would have someone helping with some HR things, but like in general, they're massively bloated and these, these huge groups and they, they're getting, they're getting paid. Yeah. Right. And you have people from universities and schools, people from like bureaucrats getting paid and they spent their time. And in some cases, by the way, businesses explicitly gave them time off their employees time off to do this, which means they're getting paid to do this. Right. They go and protest and no one would give you if you if Carrie, if you were like <laughs> if you gathered people, you're like, let's have a. Let's make a statue to General Lee in this town that's never had a statue. <laughs> right? No one would give them their employees time off for that. No one's HR department would be like, yes, that's a good cause. That's good for our employees. Like, let's let's go support that. Like, no one would do that. No one would do that. So um, you're dealing with scraps of time, and th this is this is the problem. I think this is why or I pro, like pro life, like the conservatives, if they tried to get yeah, time off for this, pro life rally. This is why I like when we have Sally Agarist on sometimes because he's got this attitude that's like, well, stop funding them. Get out of the system, stop funding them. Um, and that's very hard to do. It's easier said than done, right? So I, I get it. Uh, but there is there is an element of that that I think everyone needs to take to heart as much as possible because it is only through us that they can do this. So when you write a check, when you say, well, I know that, um, Let's pick pick a. I I know that Bryn Mawr is probably a, or Brown. I know that Brown is probably a woke cesspool, but my daughter really wants to go there and major in sociology, and I really love my daughter, so I'm gonna write the check anyway. You're the fucking problem. No, do not write the check to Brown. It doesn't matter how much you love your daughter. If you love her, don't let her go get indoctrinated. Don't give in, don't pay, don't pay for these people because that's how they get money. They get money through um, government grants, they get money through government loans, and they get money through people who are benevolent with their cash without having any strings of cash attached. People who don't pay attention to the fact yeah. that that thing that you think is good or you're just doing it because it's convenient, part of that money, 
sometimes a large part of that money is going to your enemies directly. Yeah. Um, they also, so. well, I just want to read this super chat from G man. Thank you. G man. Mm-hmm. He gives us $5. He says, removing statues is akin to book burning. They would rather whitewash history than take a moment to discuss how to avoid repeating the evils of our past. That is absolutely correct. And that is the problem. They, they try and just attack the character of anyone who opposes their methods by saying, well, you must support slavery then, which is ridiculous. <laughs> or you must be. Well, you know why they then. don't want to talk That's about ridiculous. repeating the evils of the past, right? Is the moment you have that discussion, uh, they're on the chopping block. Yeah, because they're trying to repeat them. <laughs> but just let me finish right. this thought real quickly. They they try and attack the character of anybody who opposes their methods. So if you say, I don't believe statues should come down, they say, well, then that makes you a racist or that makes you, you support slavery or something stupid. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have the conversation about, they don't want to admit that you obviously can agree on something very basic and normal that slavery is bad and racism is bad and have a very different idea about how to make sure that we acknowledge the past and, and, don't repeat history and repeat mistakes. That's where you're disagreeing with them on. But I think people get afraid. They're afraid to go out and protest, counter protest in, in defense of the statues because they don't want to be seen as this, as something they're not. They're like, well, they'll be labeled racist. Yeah. They'll be dragged through social yeah. media. They'll be possibly fired. The media, if they were, you know, in a prominent position, local media would get on them and, and start, doxing them and telling people that, you know, Carrie Smith is a racist too, blah, blah, blah. She's trying to get this racist yeah. statue, but like, I mean, that's what would happen. And so it's, it comes back to, again, that same th- fear that we've talked about before of you shouldn't be afraid of being called something that you know, you're not, you shouldn't be afraid of that. And, and you, I, I would encourage people to get past that. If you still let that fear of being thought of as something, as you, something that you're not hold you back, I still let it hold me back in certain ways. I'm still rooting it out. I think we all have. Well, to the face reason that in it works ways. is because you're not yeah. the thing. Yes. Like, keep that in mind, right? It only works because when they call you racist, if it upsets you, it only upsets you because you're not racist. <laughs> like, right. if you were racist, it wouldn't upset you. You would be like, right. uh huh, damn straight. That's what you would say. You'd be like, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you're upset because you're not that thing. It's upsetting because it's a mislabel. That's why yeah. they do it, right? They don't have to run around. They don't get anything running around telling Richard Spencer that he's a white supremacist. Like, he knows. He doesn't yeah. care. Doesn't bother him. Right? Yeah. People let, we let them hold us hostage by being afraid of that, of being afraid of people thinking the wrong thing about us. And in whatever context that is, that's, I think that's, a, I'm starting to think that's a bigger fear for for humanity, for each individual, that they go through that kind of fear in so many different ways. And maybe they conquer it in one way, and then they still let that fear crop up in another way of like, but what if people think X, Y, Z? Let them. But yeah, I'll, I will just say this. I do, do agree, obviously, let them. And I've, I've, I'm, I'm usually harsher on people not doing things than, than you are. So I'm in agreement. However, I, w- I just I do want to say uh, it makes sense. Like evolutionarily, it we're social animals, and so the the um, the tepid nature, or the I'll say that your timidity with respect to doing that is rational. Like it makes sense. I get why you're worried about social ostracization. Like that's yeah. 
that's that's a bad thing generally but what you have to remember is they are not the tribe right like they are a vocal minority they do have power but they're not the only you're not alone right you're not alone they're, they're not the only people in charge you're not getting kicked out of the tribe into the woods to fend for yourself if you get kicked out of that tribe there's another tribe of people who are totally yeah. welcoming and fine with you and like, it's not come over here that's fine it's right? not the tribe also it's not the tribe they say it is that's what's ridiculous that's the fear that people have it the, right. i will say this democrats liberals who are trying to face this fear because things have gotten so crazy and out of control they they want to speak up in, in in some ways they will sometimes face the fear of well, then I have to become a Republican or then I have to lose my identity right. as a Democrat. And that's not true. And for those people, I'll say that's not true. You don't have to do that. You can you can hang on to. That's why when I wrote that piece about voting for Trump as a liberal, it was like I know there were people who wanted to vote for him because they could see down the road of what would happen with Biden. But they couldn't get past that fear of like losing their identity as a liberal. It's like if your identity is one of the red or blue parties. Fix your life. But that's, it is, that is people's identity. <laughs> I mean, look, really. Look at the things that people substitute for their identity. They, they, um, in this current culture, it's sort of what Bradley was talking about on our, our last episode. It's your identity is something that you're supposed to discover within yourself. And the and it's so courageous for you to say, this is what it is. And some of it can be made up and manifested where you're like, I'm a cat. I'm, I'm a person who is a cat person. Like there's, there's fetish. People. You don't mean a cat person. You mean a cat. I mean a cat. Yeah. I'm a cat. <laughs> those people are like, I'm a cat. I just saw somebody on Twitter this morning who came out as a multi multiple personality. And he was like, hi, he's been on there for a while tweeting under David. Well, apparently he's also been, been under there tweeting under Anne. And so this morning, he and Anne announced that they are two personalities in the same body and mind, and they would like to start uh, commingling more and talking to each other, and just let, they want to be open and courageous about their identity, as you know, they are um, they have multiple personality disorder or what's now called dissociative identity disorder. Okay, that's you taking something that that's just operating to Twitter account. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and trying to tell the rest of the world that they have to embrace it and validate you in this. I, I, but like, but, I want to see Andrew Doyle, Doyle, and Tichana McGrath do that. <laughs> <laughs> but but so part of what people are saying is their identity is totally made up stuff. Now it's like I feel this way. I feel like I'm this sex. I feel like I'm this. But then they're also what else are they? What else is made? Up? Their identity is also made up of their immutable characteristics, like their race. Um, their identity is made up of whatever me mental health problems they have. Their identity is whether they're Republican or Democrat. That's a big one for a lot of people. It's a huge one. And they, they can't get past losing that part of their identity. Some people, um, you know, well, I just, I want to point out a difference yeah. between, um, I think they're different issues. The cat, the cat and the Democrat, um, mm -hmm. the Democrat is an external identity. Um, maybe the cat is too. I don't know what your friends are like, but, uh, the cat theoretically you mean the cat's friends yeah 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 i don't know what the cat's friends are like so maybe the cat is a is a second-handed identity as well but um a lot of people look to external uh, validation and that's where they that's where their identity comes from so they identify with their 
I, I've talked about this before. Founders do it a lot with their businesses. Like their idea is is them. So if someone criticizes their business or their idea, they take it personally because that they identify with it. Yeah. Um, and but you see it in political parties. Like oh, I identify as a Democrat. Therefore, if someone criticizes a Democrat, they're criticizing me. Or they're criticizing this thing about a Democrat. Then they're criticizing me. Um, I view the cat thing as a little bit more. Maybe I'm wrong, but I view it as less of an external second-handed identity uh, label that you're just trying to belong to something and more like, I have a weird picadillo for something or like, I've got like a weird <laughs> fetish and I'm really concerned that everyone recognizes and invalidates my fetish. It's uh, <laughs> but they're doing a, a, a separate dysfunction. Yes. Um, but, but. It's like uh, the postmodernist. It's somebody in the chat said this. It's the postmodernist part of social justice ideology that's bringing forth all this stuff. I think where there's, you can just say, yeah. "I'm this. I'm a large empty room. I'm this," and I feel that way. How do you know you're a large empty room? That's how I feel. That's my special identity. Right, and and it probably still is motivated by uh, some secondhandedness. It's probably still motivated. In fact, it's a hundred percent motivated by. Um, the desire to be treated a certain way by other people. Yeah. Because if it weren't, you would just go be a cat at home and shut up, right? You wouldn't like, and you wouldn't bitch about group. people say, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be like, you have to call, you know, you have to call me master meow and feed like whatever, like you wouldn't do that, <laughs> right? You, you would be like, you would just do your thing. And you know, people, you know, I guess your close friends could call you whatever. And that, that will be the end of the, the end of it. Um, so I, I was talking to a therapist on Twitter and I don't remember who it was, but um, the other day and the way that she described it was, um, and this, this fits with what we've talked about. The way that she described it is, is genetically and, or we'll just say, in, I, I'm going to use the word intrinsically. I don't really mean it that way, but like either because of genetic, we'll say because of genetic or early environmental factors that, that pl both play roles in people's behavior. You, you do have tendencies or um, vulnerabilities to certain psychological dysfunctions. Many people have a vulnerability or a tendency to be a particular dysfunctional way, right? It's not uncommon. However, if you're surrounded by a healthy culture, um, those tendencies do not manifest themselves. In fact, the the healthy tendencies manifest themselves yes. and and you end up not being a dysfunctional douchebag but being kind of a normal person who's like yeah i got this little thing for cats but yeah i'm normal <laughs> i recognize i'm a person whatever it is right um right. but when you live in a culture in which uh all of those dysfunctions are teased out and encouraged and fed and even uh applauded and celebrated, then you end up with many more people actually manifesting dysfunction. Yes. Um, and it's not that it's not that they it's not that it's they're created solely by the culture, because they probably have some underlying tendency. But a lot of people have underlying tendencies that don't necessarily need to be manifested. It's it's the it's the environment that brings about those characteristics that allows them to flourish um, yeah. and rewards them. And so this is what is meant by this idea that there's the kind of this, 
you know, when Josh Slocum, who will be on on Friday, by the way, when Josh Slocum talks about like this kind of mass cluster B, this cultural cluster B personality um, disorder happening, that's really what he's talking about. It's this like, there's a lot of people with these tendencies, but we're part of this this culture that really rewards those and that, that therefore people who might've been normal are now off the deep end because. Oh yeah. Because they can get social credit with a kind of social currency power status by claiming to also have these issues. There's a guy, wait, before you left, there's a guy. So that guy who, who came out on Twitter this morning and said, Mm -hmm. he's David and he's Anne. And, And he said, we are a plural system. To your point, Carter, about how they they're they're getting external validation. Part of his series of tweets, and by the way, he and Anne both announced it. So you know, they both they, they both had to make their own version of announcements. Um, what a coincidence! He, <laughs> they both decided at the same time to announce it. <laughs> they both decided after much discussion. Mm. They um, he said that it was the DID community, the dissociative identity disorder community, and the plural community. It's really helped him to come out about it. And I'm sure he's so grateful to this part of the community. Yeah. Cause now you have this That's sense true. of belonging sure. with all these other people who say that they yeah. have multiple personalities living inside of them. Mm-hmm. Something funny yeah. about him real quick. I looked at his, like, if you look at the, where people have their Twitter bio, his and Anne's, I noticed on Anne's Anne also says that David's autistic, but she's not. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I looked on Anne's and, and she had lots of different emojis in her bio, like flowers and hearts and stuff. And I was thinking, oh, I bet this is one of the way he differentiates himself between David and Anne is he puts like a lot of girly emojis in her stuff. But then I looked at his bio and he had just as many flowers and hearts in his bio. And I'm like, clearly the same person wrote these two bios. <laughs> I was just laughing because someone in chat said, clean your litter box. Dr. Jordan Catterson. <laughs> That's funny. I just, I don't know why I thought that was hilarious. Uh, Frankenstein wrong thinker. Oh, uh, that's really funny. Says that. Yeah. Clean your litter box. Somebody, Joe yeah. Flink said they both vote too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what's going to happen. Hey, universal suffrage. Yeah. So imagine if this dissociative identity disorder part, part of this current cultural mess, if that pushes forward, they're going to be saying eventually, they're going to be saying they need the right to vote for all of their personalities. They will be saying that. They will be saying that, that you're disenfranchising one of their personalities. They're also going to be saying that uh, things like, like if one of their personalities gets accused of a crime, they're going to say, well, that wasn't me. That was this one personality. And I didn't know anything about it. They've already done that in the community. There was one of these uh, famous YouTubers who claims to have DID was caught drawing um, uh, child kind of pornographic images involving children and and this person claimed well that was just one of my personalities i wasn't the other personalities are just as outraged as you are about that one yeah yeah Yeah. we're totally outraged (laughs) i wish we could do something about it yeah Yeah. (laughs) well i i can't wait for the when they all get to vote because um i where i'm gonna have to figure out a way to have a billion personalities And each of my personalities needs to draw a stimulus check from the government. Thank you. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we all spend on different things. We might be housemates, but <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I uh, I, I want to let you. <laughs> oh, read. by the way, Frankenstein Wrong Thinker now writes a uh, little lyric for limerick for us. Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm schizophrenic, and so am I. <laughs> I love I that. Why. That's hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take one quick break, Carter. Maybe if you want to, I'll super do some super chat. chats. I'll be right yeah. back. Okay. Um, the first super chat comes from uh, another knitter, Denise Rickenbach. Hey, Denise. Uh, she says it's 25 bucks and she says, just pitching in for the cause. Thank you, Denise. Appreciate it. You're also representative of the knitters. I feel like I insulted the other knitters. I didn't mean that. I just like Sue. Um, John Wayne says, Miss Carrie, did you work to lose your accent from being from South Carolina? My wife is from Georgia without an accent, but her parents are Yankees. Uh, we'll read that again when she comes back. TPS says privation, the nothing we need to be for truth. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I've I've made a conscious effort on this channel to talk more about what we should be doing and less about what we shouldn't be doing. Although it's tough because there's so much that we shouldn't be doing that we're doing. Um, G-Man says, uh, oh, this is the one we read before about removing statues. Patriotic Gestalt says, preach. Um, probably while Carrie was, was preaching. Keith the Hack Guy says, first donation for a new funding drive. The unsafe space community donating to put up a new statue honoring General Robert E. Lee in Carrie's town. <laughs> that doing it, doing it in one town that Carrie lives, that, that would be worth doing. Uh, John Wayne says, the Sons of Confederate Veterans is doing what Carrie suggested. Oh, placing new monuments on private land, oftentimes in highly visible areas. Well, we need to have the fight on public land. Not that I think public land is a thing, but we should... We should have the fight on public land in the town square. Uh, all right. So let's do, I kind of want to get into some thankfulness stuff. Uh, and maybe I should wait for Carrie to get back for this, though. Let's see what's going on in chat. I'm going to wait for Carrie because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to wait. Every neuron has a vote. Yeah. Oh, someone suggested earlier a Joe Rogan statue on a horse, like Joe Rogan on a horse. That's the that's the statue we should be pushing. <laughs> Joe Rogan on a horse. Um, maybe Joe Rogan and Kyle Rittenhouse both on horses together. Um, Kyle can have an AR-15 slung over his shoulder. Joe can be snorting ivermectin or whatever you do with it. Um, Greg the Baritone says, Carter should pull up a picture of Jane from Firefly for comparison. Beverly can do that. Beverly, find a picture of Jane. And uh, Jane wouldn't dress like this, and he wouldn't wear glasses. Uh, but, you know. All right, Carrie. I did some super chats. I waited for one for you. Uh, John Wayne says, Miss Carrie, did you work to lose your accent being from South Carolina? My wife is from Georgia without an accent, but her parents are Yankees. Hi, Mr. Wayne. Uh, actually, I did consciously try and lessen my accent when I went to science and math high school because I was aware that it was a marker of people view it as a marker of low class or dumb, like lack of intelligence. And I went to the, I went to a science and math high school. It was actually like, it was really hard to get into. It's, it's supposed to, it's like the top students in the state and you have 60 people per grade. And so I was there with some of the smartest kids I'd ever met. And a lot of them did not have my thick accent because some of them, weren't even from South Carolina. Originally they were in like army brats who had traveled around and stuff. And so 
I definitely purposely tried to get rid of it. I, this is interesting to me because Josh Locum and I were talking about it on Twitter recently. I tried to get rid of it and I tried to just sound like a newscaster from nowhere. That's the way he put it. And, mm -hmm. um, and then it slowly comes out. It's come back out though. And now I don't have as much, I don't, I'm not as embarrassed of it now because I'm older and all that stuff about identity that we're talking about. I, my identity doesn't come from what other people think about my accent. So I actually really like Southern accents and long story short, like it'll come out from time to time when I used to drink, it would come out when I drank. Now it comes out if I get angry or just certain words like in South Carolina, we don't pronounce the TH on North or South if there's a word following it. So we say North Carolina and South Carolina. That's a great example. If you ever hear that, you know, that's a Carolinian <laughs> long answer. I had a friend from Alabama who did the same thing. He he grew up and he tried to watch the news and and mimic the uh, the anchor on the news to get rid of his. Alabama yeah, I definitely tried to get rid of it. I was self conscious, and then when I would come home from so our, the science of math school was a boarding school, and so I was there at fifteen eight from fifteen until seventeen. I was there eleventh and twelfth grade, but when I would come home, my grandmother had a real problem with the way I was talking. So she used to kind of make fun of me a little bit, sort of thought I was getting too big for my britches is the way she would put it. So I will well, always- I mean, it's it's yeah. a denial of your family and heritage. Like there, it is some, there is something insulting about saying to your community, I don't want to sound like you. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's, and she was right, I think, to, to yeah. poke me on that a little. And I will yeah. always remember, uh, I said, she asked me where something was. She had a piano in her house. And I said, oh, it's in there on the chair next to the piano. And she was like, you mean on the chair next to the piano? Like, <laughs> to try, <laughs> just to try and be like, no. <laughs> so. Yeah. Let's do two more super chats before we move on. Adam Coleman says he's just supporting the wrong think cause. The media narrative that Daryl Brooks was fleeing the police has been debunked by the police. <laughs> well, that's just a minor thing, Adam. I'm sure Brian Stelter won't be bothered by that. Um, and Matt Deckard says we must cultivate the mid-Atlantic accent. Huh. I think not. <laughs> he likes that. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> Uh, All okay. right, let's do so, some, we wanted to have a thankfulness themed show a little bit today. And we've mostly bitched about stuff and it's been an hour. So maybe we should switch to oh thankfulness. Oh my gosh. How about, uh, I'm thankful for Marie Busky for the swear jar today. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> we have been, we have been though. Um, okay, well, first of all, we did we did a grateful a gratitude episode last year and people seem to enjoy it talking about something positive and so this year we asked some of the knitters and some of the people in our community sent us things they're thankful for and i haven't even looked at these yet so i'm gonna read them with you guys also i just i was talking about this with someone at, at church recently can we just spend a moment about why i think this is important carter when you're in a bad ideology that's trying to that's a joy eating ideology that's trying to get you to discard history and symbolism and things that unite you together as humans and as people. Um, they really look down on celebrations like holiday celebrations and any kind of joy. And so when I was in it, there's every year and we've done this before on the show for Thanksgiving, for 
4th of July, for anybody who was never in the woke cult, you may not realize this, but they really don't like you celebrating these things. And they'll put out articles every year about why it's a bad thing to celebrate the 4th of July. And here's 12 things you can do instead to have a racially just, you know, sexually a feminist holiday. You know, it's just like it's such a boring. Yeah, I mean, best case is they, they, they teach you how to ruin it, like. Yes. How to how to achieve these goals at your fucking Thanksgiving dinner that you have to yes. go to, right? It's like that's yes. kind of the attitude of everything, yeah. Yeah, they would definitely put that word in there too. They'd be like, you know, like just angry yeah. about it. And they they view like some of the Thanksgiving ones. I remember one from a few years ago, right before I left the cult. It was after Trump had been elected in 2016, and I remember seeing one article that was sort of all the things you should say, you should say. Now the article assumed it was like, dear white people, which I hate those things anyway, they're writing to a whole race of people as if we're all the same. Dear white people, here are some things you should bring up at Thanksgiving dinner with your white supremacist grandparents. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, like that's their attitude though, is they just assume that you need to do this and you're going to ruin Thanksgiving. And so um, I just saw one example of this that I sent you, Carter. It's an MSNBC clip. We don't have to play the whole thing, but I just wanted to show. This is just one quick example. They try to tell you how bad it is. Beverly, you want to pull it up? Is it the Twitter thing you sent to Beverly? Yeah. Or where? Oh, okay. Yeah, Beverly, pull Beverly. it up. So this is a tweet from MSNBC, and it's a video clip, and it says, quote, instead of bringing stuffing and biscuits, those settlers brought genocide and violence. Miss, <laughs> uh, uh, that genocide I, and <laughs> violence is still on the menu. Yes, it's, it says it's that's what the rest of that's the end of the quote. He's not making that up. If you're just listening at home, he's not making that up. It says <laughs> it says uh, this person's whoever I can't pronounce her name, but she says about the history of American Thanksgiving. Quote that genocide and violence is still on the menu. That they, she said that about Thanksgiving. They're trying to get us to believe that that's what Thanksgiving is about. And if we celebrate it, we should feel bad about ourselves because it's about genocide and violence. How dare you celebrate Thanksgiving? That's what they're trying to do. Why are you still laughing? <laughs> I'm just imagining. I wish I was. I, we're staying home for Thanksgiving, but now I kind of wish I, we were going. We were invited to go somewhere. We just wanted to stay home because we have a month old, right? But uh now I kind of, I want to be like, can you pass the genocide? <laughs> I want to see. It's so, oh, it's just so, it's terrible. It's joy eating. This is why we say sometimes if you want to push back against woke ideology, the, the, all you have to do, you don't have to do great big things and build huge organizations against it or what, you know, the, the very smallest thing you can do that everybody can do is just find, cultivate joy, celebrate things that, that are meant to bring us together. You know, like that's it. Just have a good time. We're just meant, meant to celebrate. Like they, they don't want you happy because happy people are hard to control. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's super simple, right? Like, you need to be suffering so they can be your saviors so that you're willing to give up other things to get whatever thing that they were supposedly offering you because you're miserable. Like they need you to focus on being miserable because if you're happy and things are pretty good, uh, the Marxist revolution doesn't seem like a great idea. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's that simple. Like, yeah. people who are like, yeah, life's going pretty well. I'm happy. Like, they're not about, like, hey, how about we burn everything? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I don't want to burn everything. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's the problem. They, they need you to be as miserable as they are. And trust me, as much power as it, you think these people have and as wealthy as you think some of these elites are, these people are fucking miserable. That woman, I don't know who she is on NBC, NBC, but someone that says that is miserable. She is a miserable human being. She's going to go drink her Thanksgiving. All right. It's another swear jar for Marie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I actually wait. Can I? I want to say one more thing about yeah. um, like great gratitude. Generally, um, there have been a lot of studies about gratitude. Gratitude is good for your mental health. Um, the stuff that I've seen suggests that it's less about uh, necessarily the positive language and more about not having the negative language. But regardless. Um, focusing on positive things rather than negative things actually does it has an effect on almost all the neurotransmitters um, everything from oxytocin to serotonin to dopamine to neuroepinephrine like it affects all of them um and it generally has a positive uh effect on your mental health so there's not like even just from a boring clinical perspective it's good to to stop and be thankful for the roses once in a while like that is that's healthy um it's and actually, like carrie said it it makes you immune to this leftist crap it's actually gratitude is i think i jordan peterson said gratitude is the antidote to resentment and i think that's true and there and you're right I've, I've seen those studies where um they look at the brain and they they talk about like the that's why people say keep gratitude journals because it helps refocus your rewire your brain slowly to look at the positive things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, so. which makes you less of an NPC by like almost definitionally, right? You're, you're harder to convince to do stupid stuff because you're kind of, you're kind of happy. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to say things you're thankful for? Should we, should we read the list first? What do you want to do? Um, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> I have two separate lists. I have like kind of a more personal and safe spacey thing, but I also, but those are not very, um, I, I can say them. They're just not very, uh, you would expect them, right? Like we have a healthy baby now, wife's healthy. I mean, it used to be that one in 10 women died in childbirth. So very Obviously, that's numbers a lot lower now, but I'm just grateful that everything's good and everyone's healthy. And and when you stop and think about what could have gone wrong, uh, or stuff like that, uh, it's good. And I'm super super grateful to the unsafe space community, uh, not only the team and all the people who volunteer and and help out, but we got to meet people this year, which was a lot of fun. I got names to faces, uh, which is great. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, I am thankful for all the people who donate and make this possible, um, and subscribe and promote the content and all that stuff. Um, I'm thankful that we get to have conversations 
uh, and we have some interesting guests on, and we met so many cool people through this. I mean, this year we met Josh. I think this was the year we met Josh. Josh Slocum was one of my favorite people now, right? But we met him through this show. Um, and so, or at least I did. I met him through Carrie, which I count as through the show. I don't know where Carrie met him. Um, but I also have a short list of things that I'm thankful for that are vilified by today's culture. Um, and the first one is capitalism and and money in particular. Because... Without money, relationships between people are force. You have basically two choices. You can voluntarily exchange things, which is barter, but money is just a more efficient way of doing that. So you can voluntarily exchange things, or you can steal them. There's not any other way to like exchange goods and <laughs> have you know and any kind of uh, specialization or anything. You can. You can steal, you can use force, or you can do it voluntarily. Um, and I think we often forget people view capitalism as this like, oh, that means that Pfizer is in bed with the government and Wall Street gets a bunch of money from like <laughs> the Federal Reserve. Like that, that's not what it is. It's just literally, it's just, uh, you know, private property and money. Um, I'm also thankful for fossil fuels. They get vilified all the time. Uh, we'd all be probably dead without uh, the massive amount of fossil fuels that we consume. Um, they are energy is uh, the key to human life. If you look at a look at a chart for the amount of per capita energy usage um, uh, over the last you know hundred years or so uh, with the industrial revolution, like energy is the cheapness of energy is directly correlated to longevity, like directly correlated to longevity. And we act like, oh, fossil fuels, burning fossil fuels are this bad thing. Fossil fuels are horrible. They have all these negative side effects. No one ever talks about, hey, we're alive because of fossil fuels. We have refrigeration and hospitals with backup generators, and we can transport goods across the sea and across the country. Um, we can we have plastics and all these other things because of fossil fuels. Uh, I have two more. Next one is guns and gun culture. Um, and, and the Rittenhouse verdict was, was part of that. Seeing how many people were, were got, how many people got gun culture? They were like, yeah, this is, what's your problem? That's not something I think would happen in France or Australia or anywhere else. Like, it's kind of cool that there's that many people in the US who are like, yeah, this is, they get it. They get the importance of it. We still do have a Second Amendment, even if not every state um, recognizes it very well. And we have a large number of people in the U.S. who value that, and that's something I'm thankful for. And the last thing I think is the most um, probably controversial, but I mean this because I was thinking about it today. I'm actually thankful for the division in America because there are... There are people who just want to destroy Western civilization, and the more that they get weeded out and we and the rest of us can get onto a lifeboat, the better. And so, you know, I don't like the violence and I don't like a lot of the, the crap that comes with it, but uh, I'm thankful for the division, actually. I'm thankful for it because I don't, 
It's a waste of time to be commingled with people who literally just want you dead. So I'm I'm kind of cool with it. I like it because it, I'm I'm meeting new people. We're identifying people. We're getting to see like oh, even if we disagree on a bunch of whole a whole bunch of things, we're getting to see people who are like, yep, I'm on the side of liberty. It's like oh, that's nice. I disagree with you about a whole bunch of things, but I see that you don't want to destroy Western civilization. I'm finding allies through the through the division, and we're and we're identifying enemies. And it's like oh okay, I see. You're one of the bad people. Thanks. I wasn't sure. Now I know. Uh, so I'm actually quite thankful for it. I, I think it's good. That's it. Cool. Those are that's my list of the, my four things that are possibly shocking. What about you? Um, why don't we read some of the okay well, things that people sent in? So is that okay? Yeah. Do your thing. So this is from um, Amy. <laughs> she says, hello, lovelies. I've chatted with the knitters and here are just a few of what they have to say. And she also sent a separate one with what her own thoughts. So I'll make sure I won't, I won't forget that. So from Lynn, I want them to know that this is the only group of online friends. Oh, Tiger has something to say. Are you thankful for Tiger? <laughs> Tiger has some thankfulness. He's thankful yeah. that the mailman's here. Um, I want them to know that this is the only group of online friends where I feel I can share freely and know I won't be canceled in docs, etc. The fiber world can be brutal. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. I never, I never would have thought that that was true, but I totally believe you now, now that I know what's been going on. So, yeah. From Therese. Hi, Therese. She says, unsafe space has become a family for me, whether it's dad and mom, i.e. Carter and Carrie, or all of my siblings in chat, I cherish the friendships and fellowships I have developed. We celebrate babies and marriages. We mourn losses. We support each other through medical and dental and all the stresses life brings. My unsafe space family means the world to me. As someone who has very few family, I'm so thankful I found my home. Thank you, Therese. Yeah, that's beautiful. Let's see. From Liz C. I'm grateful that we've been able to send blessings to someone in our in our friends that have been through rough times and good fortunes with new babies. Y'all give me hope and support and love, and I couldn't ask for a better group of people to call my family. Uh, from the other Liz C. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for this group and all of you. Keep me sane. You all, I'm oh, sorry, you all keep me sane, keep me focused, wrap me in encouragement, take me as I am. Let me test my one-liners, <laughs> deal with all my wackiness, pray with me and for me, crack me up when I'm blue and have become family. Um, from Cheryl B., I'm grateful for this group. You accept me for who I am. You unknowingly support me in my goal of being sober today. You listen to my rants and aren't afraid to call me out if I'm being petty. You slide me a white pill when my outlook is dark. And then let's see from Amy. I cannot put into words truly how much this community has helped me and how much it's given me. I've gained friends who check in daily, who we have celebrated the joys and lows of life with, with me. We have gotten to meet in person, some of us. 
We have our Zooms, our knitting, our own little mini book club. We have donated funds to help each other with kids' ballet shoes, legal issues, babies who were born and who were lost. We have done swaps of knitting, sent cards, done secret sister swaps. I personally had a safe place to go with my family when Hurricane Ida was barreling towards my home, all because of unsafe space. We have read books we never knew about, discussed things that in other social media worlds would be censored. We have called each other out when needed, made each other accountable and lifted each other up, all because you two decided to do a podcast, all because. Thank you. Uh, do you want to read the last one? Can you see it? I, I don't see it. Where is it? Oh, um, let's see. It's an email. Here, I'll read it. Hold on. Give me a second. From Dawn B. Trying to put into words how grateful I am for unsafe space and this community they have started, and I'm getting emotional. <laughs> yeah. Not only do I consider everyone in this group family, but the group is a safe space to share my craft. I've enjoyed all the gift exchanges and especially the book club. I have stretched my horizons at a time in my life when I was getting too settled into my ways. I love that we can have different faiths or no faith, different opinions, different lives, and yet we support each other and build each other up. You guys got me through some challenging times this summer, and I'm forever grateful. Thank you. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I glossed over it earlier on, but this, the community is really... It's amazing. This community is amazing. And I really, I know Carrie, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know Carrie loves it as well. And it was, it was a, summer was really cool to get to meet a bunch of people. And um, yeah, I'm con we're constantly getting, I don't know. I feel like I, I've got, I've got a, I've got a friend, New Zealand, Marie Busky, uh, that I've never met, but that I feel like I know, I mean, not super well, but like pretty well, like she's welcome to stay here and like want to see her and hang out with her. And like all this stuff is because of this community and the knitters have been so awesome um, with, I don't know if you know this, but we did like a, our family did like a Zoom with, <laughs> with the knitters and they were really cool to um, my other daughter. And uh, yeah. Um, when we started the one. podcast, I was thinking about a podcast and, and a channel, not a community. And it, that has shifted. Now I think of this as a community more than anything else, like a community first. And I'm, that's pretty awesome. So is there another one? Sorry, I don't have There's that one more from Tax Tara who says, I hope okay. you realize what you have created with your podcast. I'm honored to help lead the unsafe knitters. These ladies and a few roosters have helped me significantly. We laugh, we cry, we support each other in the good and the bad things in life. I proudly fight in the knitting wars with them. I have met some of these fine women in real life. We are more than online acquaintances. We are real friends and family. There is a genuine love. I'm incredibly grateful to the unsafe space community, especially the knitters. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, thank you guys. Should we, I don't want to put you on the spot, Carrie, but should we bring in We've got, so we asked our, our team if anyone wanted to come on and do things that they're grateful for. Um, so we can do that. Carrie, would you like to do something of your own first or do you want to just bring on the team? I don't want to put you on the spot one way or another. Um, 
do what you'd like, you know, bring them on. Okay. Um, Beverly, you're in charge of the queue. Bring someone on and have them have them talk about what they're grateful for. I don't I don't know who's coming on. There we go, Thomas St. Thomas. What's up, Hi, guys? Thomas. How's it going? Hey, Thomas. Good. Um, for those of you who don't know about Thomas, though, he is an awesome writer. Uh, you can read him on Medium and on Substack. He writes. You've been writing a lot lately. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. It's kind of like uh, every once in a while you make it as you think about a few things and just bleh comes out and then you go a week or two with nothing. But that's the way it goes. Um, but as far as being grateful, uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm grateful for having a great partner, uh, my wife. And that's, that was one of the reasons I was so excited to hear you start using the word husband and get married, Carrie, because I know <laughs> how important that is in life. Um, and um, I was really happy for you guys there. Um, other things I'm happy for, a lot of the things that Carter mentioned, um, having my kids healthy, I know that that is not a given. Um, a lot of things can happen, not only in childbirth, but beyond. So I've been really, really blessed to have um, not only really healthy kids, but probably the most attractive kids in the history of the planet. <laughs> and the smartest ones, I assume. Yeah. Well, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and something that you brought up, Carter, that I'm also grateful for is coal. Um, I actually burn coal to keep my house warm here. It's about 32 degrees. And I figure oh, wow. I'm cut. Yeah, I'm figuring I, I have a coal stove. So, I've, you know, I've got to dump it in and I've got like four ton of coal in my shed out back. But I figure I'm cutting out the middleman and everyone using electricity is just getting their electricity from burning coal. So I'm actually contributing to the health of the environment by burning coal. Where do coal you get coal? Yeah, okay, the, the fireplaces in my house are coal burning. Where are you getting your coal? Um, they have people who deliver. I've got a guy in a truck. He comes and he dumps it in my shed. And then I got really? a bucket. I use kitty litter buckets and I get, take it every day. I dump out the ashes and refill it. Yeah, it's pretty normal oh. here. I mean, I'm, I'm in coal mining country. So wow. there's tons okay. of it here. Yeah, and also um, books and all the people who wrote them throughout the years. I um, I think I'm on a, a similar intellectual journey that Carter is on, but he started a lot earlier than I did. And uh, I'm so appreciative of not only the ancestors that we have that wrote these things down, that took the time to do so, um, but also the Carter, I'm grateful for you and the help that you provide me when I'm watching not only Wednesday night shows, but when, um, I can express some ideas and then here's someone that's been on the journey that I that I'm on now that has a little bit more experience that can nitpick here and there and help me get on the straight and narrow and ask me the right question. So I really appreciate that um, from you, Carter. Um, and living near the woods. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles and I didn't realize how much I love being out in nature until I'm surrounded by it. So I live in North Pocono and I'm in the woods and I can walk two houses down and be in the woods where I've got bear, deer, foxes, um, mm -hmm. all kind of wildlife. And um, it's really nice to be able to quickly get away and um, remember that there's a lot of things that are going on in this world today that are eternal-ish, you know, not everything's forever, but that are way outside of whatever it is we're worried about happening right now. Yeah. That's a good list. That's my list. That's an and, awesome list, Thomas. And and, and I'm, I just want to say you are one of the people internally that I really like. We have, I 
we have conversations and they they turn into shows or whatever and we argue with each other or and like your writing is awesome and thought-provoking so uh and by the way thomas is the guy who introduced me to the online great books club which i'm really oh, right. enjoying yeah. so um Prometheus yeah, it's, Bound. It's been I pleasure. heard you just read that, and that is that was one of those books that when I read it, it just sparked so many things. It me. was Prometheus Bound was awesome. Yeah, and we we've done Aeschylus and Euripides, and we're now we're on Plato. So oh, um, have fun yeah. with Plato. Yeah. I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's a great tool and a great practice, but I'm 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 done reading. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, right. Thomas. Thanks that for having awesome. me on. And hello to all the Unsafe Space community. I appreciate you guys and um, big shout out. I loved being able to meet a lot of you um, at our retreat in August. I'm looking forward to the next one. Happy Thanksgiving Thanks, to you and your family. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right. Bye. Carrie, when are you going to buy a pink AR-15? That's a question that's very urgent and from chat. Oh, I saw that. I don't need a pink one. I have a black one. Oh, all right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I once did. I once did firearms training. I don't know if it was the same place you went to in LA. Uh, did you go to? Did you train with Uncle Scotty at ITTS or somewhere else? No, okay. no. We we did. It was a whole AR. It was a carbine class, and someone brought a Barbie themed AR fifteen. It was all pink and purple, and it had Barbie. It was Barbie themed AR fifteen. Oh, yeah. It was quite impressive. Um. Keith, the hat guy. Hello. Hi, Keith. Is this thing working? It is. Hi. How you doing? Good Hi. show. Interesting nice show. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I should mention that one of the things I need to be thankful for is after the unspace safe space retreat, Carrie and her, her husband, we went to his concert in Lukenbach, Texas, and I got a new hat. So oh, I'm yeah. thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Texas hat. And I walk around Florida and people say, where'd you get that hat? because they don't sell this kind of hat here. Um, but yeah, some of the things I'm thankful for, I was going to mention Facebook. I, I want to shout hat tip to Mark Zuckerberg. I'm thankful for Facebook because that's how I met Carrie um, and first got to know her. So yeah. if it wasn't for Facebook, maybe I would have never met you. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, And, that's and believe true. it or not, I, back from when Carter was on Facebook, I think that's how he originally saw you and connect yeah but, you were so saying yeah. some smart things and yeah that's funny to see where we're at now <laughs> yeah i don't remember how long ago that was it was before this show um way before that but anyway uh, so i just say i'm thankful for in general social media that's what's connecting us all mm -hmm. so on the uh, you know when i made the list the first thing i thought of was like yeah the unsafe space crew and uh, and the the community um they're They've encouraged me. It's uh, I, I think I was I'm a cynical person and I was pretty pessimistic, you know, five years ago or whatever. Um, but the unsafe space community really encourages me because I, I'm the one looking at comments every day on Facebook and MeWe and YouTube and interacting with people like there's so many, you know, intelligent, thought provoking people making good points, disagreeing with each other peacefully and debating back and forth. And um it's encouraged me like I, you know, I think maybe there is, you know, five or 10% of the United States really does believe in individualism and yeah. rights and, and taking care of themselves. And, you know, basically the fundamental principles I want to live by. And I think it encouraged me because you really only need five or 10% of the people to think that 
to make a big difference because most people just go along as we see. So I'm really encouraged by the, the community. Um, uh, another thing you were talking about power. I, I thought of this one actually separate. I thought it was great oil and coal. I was going to, I'm thankful for nuclear power. Um, I'm talking to you through nuclear power. Uh, it's about 10 miles away from here. Um, does all the power nuclear. in my area. Nuclear. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nuclear. Well, I have to apologize because I took introduction to nuclear engineering in Maryland, and that's how the professor said it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that when I when I originally I uh, thought it was going to be nuclear engineer, but yeah, I, I appreciate it. Every time I see it, it was like that's a great way to make power. Yeah. Um, and ours has no water place. It's one of the few that's like right on the ocean, so it's on a barrier island with. Uh, it sucks water out of the out of the ocean, dumps back into the ocean. It's there's no issue with the water in that one with cooling. Um, anyway, so I'm thankful for that. Every time I see a Prius driving around with. And nuclear power now. I say, okay, yep, you should thank that your Prius is running off nuclear power. But <laughs> how many people recognize that? But um, I'm thankful. It's also thought of, I'm thankful to live in a pretty free state. I live in South Florida. Uh, and in the last year, I've done some traveling. Uh, been up into New England twice in the last year and a half. Um, driving most of it. Uh, a lot of that part of the country is going crazy. Um, and, and I know it's better now than it was last summer, but uh, Florida's been pretty good. So I'm thankful I live in a mostly mostly free state and uh, in a mostly peaceful country, really. I mean, you'd say that America's screwed up, but um, you see what's going on in Australia and Austria and most other places now. It's not that bad here, <laughs> um, relatively speaking. Um, Anyway, that's that was my list. It's an awesome list. And the team. Thank you. And my and yeah. the, the the whole team. I'm glad to have met. You know, really interesting meeting Thomas and Beverly and Jason and getting to know Carrie and getting back in touch with Carter, who, you know, for those that don't know, Carter and I worked together. I don't remember when it was, but we twenty five somebody years ago, that probably. I yeah. twenty five years I sat next to him at work. We were both young engineers and uh the second or third day, he said, have you ever heard of this book, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm reading that. You know? And that was the start of a uh, lifelong friendship. So the show has helped put us back in regular touch, which is really cool. Even though we stayed, you know, I think it was every couple years or something we would talk. But anyway, yeah. that's, that's all part of it. So the community is awesome. This community is really encouraging me. Well, thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, awesome. Okay. And hat tip to Unsafe Space Show. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly, do you want to, do you have anyone else or do you want to come on or what? I don't, you do what you want. Oh. Oh, I don't know why she I'm is. top. Because <laughs> you were on earlier probably yeah, and it was, so. yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. This is, this is the producer Beverly for those of you who haven't seen Beverly. There she is. Yeah, I've got Carter's on my, he's on my, <laughs> two Carter's. Uh, okay, let's see. I have notes. Um, Do you want to, wait, can you also read Alex's stuff while you're here? Because she said she can't show up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. Where is hers? Hang on. 
I was unprepared. I didn't know she wanted it read. Okay. Alex of 451 Degrees says, I'm thankful for all the friends I've made this last year and the wonderful conversations we've had, including through the Unsafe Space Network. I'm thankful to the people willing to stand for what they believe in despite the tides crashing against them. And finally, I am thankful to be a part of all of that, even if just a little bit. Sweet. So eloquent. She's definitely yes. a red. <laughs> um, for me, I'm less so. Let's see. I'm thankful for family and friends, including all of you guys in the Unsafe Space crew and community. Um, especially being nearby family again now that we moved back from Chicago back to Pennsylvania. So I've got my boyfriend and then my dad who just lives through the woods, like 10 minute walk through the woods. Uh, my aunts and uncles and cousins, especially like being able to like see them over the holidays and stuff. Even like the wokish ones aren't that bad either. They're still willing to like be friends with you and, and still be family. So um, same thing with even my woke friends too. It's interesting how like they're at least more, they're still willing to, to talk to you and you can disagree, but we can still get along otherwise. So I'm grateful to have friends who aren't the worst. <laughs> um, and I, again, with moving here, I like being, living in a pretty unwoke free community. We just went to this light up night in a nearby town the other day. And it was like a bunch of people well, for a 5,000 population town. So it was a bunch of people on the street, um, parade, awesome fireworks. There were only like a few people with masks on. So it was just, it felt like old normal rather than any of the new normal. So it was nice to kind of feel like, Hey, things are, are regular here. Um, I'm thankful to have a job I can do remotely. So that's nice. Uh, having internet that mostly works a lot of the time. Um, it's working uh, now. <laughs> and I guess along the lines of what Keith said, I, I'm grateful for YouTube. Or without that, I wouldn't have met you guys and weaseled my way from fan to being part of the Unsafe Space crew. Uh, let's see what else. I'm grateful for comedy and laughter because even though there are a lot of people without a sense of humor, at least I still have it, which helped me out the other day. I had to call Hulu and the girl on the phone took like five minutes to spell my name correctly. No matter how many times I spelled it out for her, she just really, really struggled with the letters. But instead of getting mad, I was just laughing at it. And then we eventually just started talking about our love for anime and Pokemon. So I ended up liking her. Um, but I could have gotten annoyed and didn't. Uh, I'm grateful for having six acres of land so that way I can be away from people when things get annoying uh, to all of my 32 animals I think we have right now. Wow. Cats, <laughs> uh, geese, chickens, and then all the rabbits. There's a new baby bunny too that I just saw yesterday. Uh, let's see. And Taco Bell. And Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. I saw that Taco Bell was on a list in our Discord. Yep. People, people are thankful for Taco Bell. Yeah, so. Thomas said that he's getting one, near, or they're expanding or something too. So it's a good day, good day for all of us Taco Bell fans. We're not sponsored by Taco Bell, in case anyone is wondering. But if Taco Bell wants to sponsor us, we're open. I would be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Beverly. Uh, 
Yeah, and if anyone else, if there's, if I think that's it for the team that wants to come on. But if anyone else wants to come on, let us know. Okay, cool. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. That was Beverly, everyone. All right, Carrie, what next? Um, I think we had a, a few more super chats. Okay. And then we can finally probably wrap it up. Um, do you want me to read them or do you got them? Denise. Oh, I think that's an old one. I'll do the, let me do them backwards. Um, B. Allen, I'm thankful for the community organizer, Carter, the hat guy. $5. <laughs> Thank you, B. Allen. Thanks, B. Allen. <clears throat> uh, let's see. TPS, people against oil forget the other tech from from oil. What? Yeah, like plastics. Oh. Right. Um, it's not just yeah, and 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 it powers like <laughs> the mining equipment and like it, it powers a lot of stuff and 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 electricity uh, that's needed. So yeah. Um. Let's see. Kabola says, oh, Canadian 10. As a Canadian, I feel like I'm watching from the outside. I always find the conversation interesting, and it gives me great perspective. I love to listen in. I'm thankful for the hope it gives me. Cool. Um, Mandy, is this one? Did you read this one? $5? They're miserable because they've never experienced the real struggles in life, taking everything for granted and demand everything be given to them. I think that's probably true for a lot of a lot of them. I don't know. I, I don't want to assume that everyone, maybe some of them have had real struggles. Um, but yeah. Rebecca P, $5 says, I'm thankful for a community that embraces gratefulness, joy, and intermittent frivolity. Thanks for the genuine community, Carrie and Carter. Thanks for being a part of it, Rebecca. <clears throat> and Rebusky says, I'm thankful for this community for providing sanity, especially right now. Oh, and the swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> We should be thankful for the swear jar, Marie. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's all. I only see a couple oh. that you, you missed, but keep going. If, you want to get them? I don't see any more. Yeah. I see one from Mandy that just says hi. So, hi, Mandy. Um, I see one from Tara T that says, I got the examining Thanksgiving practices email at work. I'm only examining my kitchen and refrigerator to make sure I have everything I need to make a great feast. Well, that's that's what they they should be writing about. Examine your list, make sure you don't have to run to the store at the last moment. Uh, my recommendation is make sure you have plenty of butter. Because uh, you always need butter. Uh, and it makes everything taste better. Francis Montgomery says, I am crossing state lines tomorrow. You have all been warned. Well, uh, I think that makes you a felon. Uh, Sandy Kins says, no, thank you, we love you. Uh, Sandy Kins and Taxatera are the two in charge of the knitting Zoom, for those of you uh, who don't know. I assume all the knitters know that, but those are the two uh, who are in charge of the knitting Zoom every week or every how often. I don't know how often they do it, actually. Uh, and Matt Deckard says, your podcast is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Coming from you, that means a lot, Matt. So, uh, and I think that's it. I think we made, I think we made it through, Carrie. Yes, we did. <laughs> so, so um, we we do have a show on Friday with Josh Slocum and Sirat uh, Chawla, uh, which we think will be fun because they're both obviously going to talk about 
psychology a little bit more. So that's the slant on Friday. I probably wouldn't have had a show on Friday had I realized at the time that this was Thanksgiving week. I probably would have said, I want Friday off, but uh, we didn't do that. We uh, we scheduled the show. So we'll see you on Friday morning. Um, I think there's going to be a Dangerous Thoughts this Wednesday. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. And I don't know, don't we have, didn't you do a deep program? Just to, is that coming out this week or um, no? Yes, I think so. So probably tomorrow. Yeah. So I think there's a deep yes. program coming out tomorrow. So yes. there's definitely content this week. So check that out. Um, oh, one more from Little Ragamuffin. He says, got here late, but at least I'm here. Did anyone mention freedom yet? I'm thankful for that. Love you all. Oh, well, I don't think anyone said it explicitly, Little Ragamuffin. So as the William Wallace of the, of the what is it? The fabric arts yeah. community? Uh, it's appropriate that you're the one to say that. So, uh, thank you as a re as a reminder to everyone. Well, first of all, thank you to everyone for supporting the show. Um, you know, we couldn't do this without the financial support that people give us. And I know hard earned cash is hard earned. It's not, you know, it's not nothing to, to donate to, uh, a couple people for a podcast. So, um, I'm really thankful for that, and I, I really appreciate everyone in the community who does that. And and if you can't do that, but you're sharing the show um, and helping spread the word, you know, again, really appreciate that. And uh, as always, you can go to unsafespace.com to watch the show, buy merch, find out about book club, all that kind of stuff is all there. Um, I think that's it. Is there anything else I'm missing, Carrie? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really gonna do a list because I'm. People are. I. I. I'm just feeling kind of emotional, but I do want to say, I am thankful to God. I would not be here without finding my faith, and I'm thankful for a community that allows me to express that without trying to make me feel stupid for having to believe in something bigger than myself. And <laughs> I'm really grateful for difficult choices <laughs> and opportunities and looking at those things as blessings instead of as bad things. And I'm very grateful for my husband and finding someone who I believe was a blessing um, sent for me that I could not, that I don't deserve. <laughs> and I'm very grateful. Um, I'm just very grateful for you, Carter. I'm grateful for, for, I mean, you're the, the the main part of the community, right? I mean, we wouldn't be doing this. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that you said yes a long time ago, whenever that was, like two and a half. Is it three years? I feel like it's been a long time. Three years, I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and that's all. And I'm very grateful for the knitters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. We have, by the way... Uh, 
I have way more knitted things at the house than I ever thought yes. I would. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. um, not just the Jane hat, but I've got other hats. Baby's got knitting up the wazoo. We got the, uh, my other daughter and, and my wife have knitting all thanks to you guys. So, um, and Marie Busky keeps me uh, loaded up on chocolates. So I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty good deal, guys. Thank you all. <laughs> all right. See you on Friday. See you Friday. Everyone. All right. Cool. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. To be honest, I am running out of patience with the following individuals. Here's a fun fact. Experts agree that inflation is good for you. As a reminder, self-defense can only be used as a last resort. You are legally required to first see if your death effectively deters your attacker. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks at the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.